Welcome to the Mindful Moments for Families and Schools podcast. This is Kelly Winkler, your host. If you are a parent or a teacher who would like to have a more peaceful, calm, and centered environment, then you are in the right place. In this podcast, we will learn to weave yoga and mindfulness into your daily routines to help both you and your children be able to regulate your emotions, feel connected, and be resilient. I'm excited to share these incredible tools with you, so let's get started. Welcome back to Mindful Moments for Families and Schools. This is Kelly. Today I'm excited to have on Daniel Oxberry. Daniel always knew he had a way with words since an early age. In junior high, he would write action and horror stories for fun and had his first poem about racism published in the school newspaper. Around that same time, Daniel fell in love with hip-hop culture and began penning rhymes and performing around the tri-state area for the next 16 years. After graduating from William Patterson University, Daniel entered the world of teaching. He has been an early childhood educator for 18 years, making a positive impact in his classroom on hundreds of students throughout that time. Known throughout the school as Mr. O, Daniel realized that inspiring the youth was part of his life's mission. Daniel has also spent the last 12 years in the behavioral field, providing in-home services and developing positive coping strategies for children with different behavioral challenges. Daniel is an avid reader and a lifelong learner. He is interested in subjects like mindfulness, Taoism, and positive psychology. He spends his free time watching old school kung fu flicks, listening to golden era hip hop, making his world famous guacamole, and learning new things from his beautiful daughter, Amelia. I'm excited to talk with Daniel today and learn all about his new children's book that he's published and how he spreads the tools of mindfulness in his daily classroom routines. Let's dive in and hear what Daniel has to say. Welcome, Daniel. Hey, how are you doing? How are you doing today, Kelly? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for being here and taking the time out of your day to come and talk with us. I would love for you to start out by just telling us about yourself and about your journey as an educator. Well, first off, I, I want to say thank you as well for having me on the show. It means a lot. Truly, truly humble to be on it. So, you know, um, thank you again. Uh, as far yeah, <laughs> as far as my <laughs> journey, um, my journey from mindfulness and, and, and education, I mean, as far as education, I've, I've always worked well with kids, even since like I was a younger, like when I was like, you know, middle school or high school, going to family parties, I'd always like be like that one that was like organizing games with the kids and clowning around with them. And I just kind of connected with, with young people, even at, even at that age. So mm. I kind of felt it in me then. Uh, I went to college, I went to William Patterson and um. My last year in William Patterson, I took a class called community service and, you know, uh, went in there thinking it was just going to be easy A and, you know, just, just something to get my GPA uh, up. And it wound up being a really, really rewarding class. I had a, a professor named Dr. Bell, probably one of the best professors I've ever had in my life. And um, 
all we really had to do is do community service at somewhere local and then kind of write a paper about it. And I, I chose the, um, it was like the early childhood center on campus. So I was working with like preschool age children on campus. And I, you know, did such a great job there. The woman that was running it at the time, she's like, oh, she thought I was like a sophomore or junior. She's like, oh, I want to offer you a job. And I told her I was graduating. She's like, oh, I'm so, so sorry to hear that. I wish you were staying on campus because we would have liked to have you here. So, um, you know, that was kind of like another sign where it's like pointing me in the, in the direction of education. Mm. But at that point in time, my mindset was like, oh, you know, teachers don't make a lot of money. Like I, I you know, you're getting out of college. I, I, I was thinking about trying to get a, a high paying job. And I, I always liked music. Uh, I, I was actually a, a rapper for a lot of my young life and I, I was doing internships at like record companies. So I wanted to get into the music business. That really wasn't that, I found out that that was kind of like a cutthroat political business. And I'm, I'm you know, all, all my life, I kind of felt like I was not really built for corporate America or like, you know, that, that whole rigmarole. And um, I just, I, I walked away from that. I got a job at Nextel as soon as I graduated. And it was one of the worst experiences of my life. So stressful. And um, I worked there for two years and at one point a friend of mine was like why don't why don't you become a teacher she's like, she was a teacher in Patterson she was saying oh there's an opening at the school I work at for preschool teacher so it's kind of like oh it was it just almost was like a light shining on me like oh mm. this this is what I'm supposed to do so I I you know I jumped on in and that, that was like I want to say 18 19 years ago and you know I think it was like the best decision I ever made because it's just such a it's it's so rewarding like you know everything else I was trying to do, whether it was like the music business or like, like I said, working for Nextel, I, I just felt empty when I left. But like, you know, when you see the difference you make in these, in the young people's lives, it, it, it you know, it's, it's such a rewarding profession and yeah. it's so good. It, it's stressful. It has its times where it's stressful as well, but you know, it's worth it. Definitely the positives outweigh the negatives. So that was kind of my, my road to education. And I, and I, you know, never look back and it's, it's, it's been, it's been really good. I've, I've enjoyed it. Yeah. Such a great story. And, you know, what you said about, you know, just graduating college and thinking about, Oh, I have to get this job where I make a lot of money. You know, I think that um, a lot of times we, we, we do that. We have this mindset that, you know, there should be one, there's one way to do it. There's one way that we should, what we should be doing, you know, quote exactly. unquote. And, um, you know, instead of really listening, even though, like you said, you knew deep down that your inclination was to really work with kids, even when you were young in middle school and high school, which is rare for, for a boy to, you know, to feel that pull to, to work with young kids. Um, mm. I think, which is, is, um, amazing. Actually my, my kindergarten teacher was, it was a male and you really don't find a whole lot of males in the younger education. So, so I love that, you know, that you, you really found, found that, that piece, you know, going to the early childhood center. And, um, you know, I think it's, it's so important for us to teach our kids you know, really kind of don't worry about what, what society says you're supposed to do. Right. Look, look at what, what lights you up. Right. Exactly. What, what, yeah. What gives you purpose in life? What makes you feel yeah. good? What makes you want to get out of bed in the morning? And absolutely. Like, what, what you said is a hundred percent right. Cause I I've worked in, I want to say three or four schools in, in my 18 years. And usually I'm one of like, especially when it was like strictly preschool, I was usually maybe one of like two 
males working there. You know, sometimes the other male might be like the the chief custodian or the or like the guy that drives the bus, and I might be right. the only teacher. So now I'm in I'm in the public school setting. So obviously there's more there's more males. But yeah, when I was in the strictly like a preschool, like I yeah I was like uh, uh you know I was I was like the elephant in the room. Like it was like <laughs> you know like is everyone's like oh there's the guy you know there's I was like the token. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, but, yeah. So, so yeah, so it was, it was, you know, and like I said, it's, 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 it's interesting that I, that I took this route, but it, I think this is what was meant for me. Yeah, so. I love it. Mm-hmm. Well, so then how did you become interested in mindfulness? Um, that's another, another interesting uh, journey. I, I've always, I've always kind of felt like, you know, even again, even as a young, younger person, I felt like, you know, like you have those days where like you're thinking positive, you're, you're, you know, that the sun is shining and everything feels great. And you're like, you know, you just feel like, Oh my God, I'm, you know, this is, this is right. Like the more I, the more I think positive, the more I'm, you know, aware of my surroundings and appreciating nature. And, and I, I just feel like things are going right. And you feel like that positive energy kind of within you. And then you have those days where, you know, you quote unquote, wake up on the wrong side of the bed and you're angry and you're stuck in traffic going to work and, you know, um, it just feels like the when you feel like that, the more things are going wrong for you. So like, I always felt like that kind of inclination for as far as like, if you want to call it like the law of attraction and, you know, and then um, my daughter's mother, uh, she kind of put me onto the the secret, the, you know, it's like a book and a documentary. Mm-hmm. And we watched the documentary and that kind of like that kind of like lit a light bulb in my head. We're like, yeah, this is kind of how I feel. Like, I feel like, uh, you know, this is how I've always felt in my life. And I just kept, I, I love to read and I love, you know, I love information. So, I, you know, I've loved to read since I was little. So I started getting more books and more books on it and learning more about just positivity and mindfulness and the law of attraction. And um, like I said before, uh, being being uh, within the hip hop culture, I was a big, uh, was and still am a big Wu-Tang Clan fan. And uh, also big into like kung fu movies and Bruce mm-hmm. Lee. Bruce Bruce Lee is one of my heroes. So um, within those three things, they they you know they touch on a lot of like spirituality with like Taoism and Buddhism, and like that led for me to reading a lot of like Taoist books and Buddhist books, and it just it all kind of came came center into 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 like my the way I live my life, being mindful and being like kind of like you know respecting nature and just respecting life as a whole. So all that together kind of led me to where I am today to this journey. I love that. And I, and I love that you, it, you know, the way you're wording it, it's, it's, it's really a way of living, you know, it's a, it's a way of life. Um, It's not, you know, sometimes I think mindfulness, this has become a little bit of a buzz word and people think like you can, Oh, just do these few mindful activities, uh, you know, and then, you know, you're it, that's it, you know, that's all you have to do, but really it, it's, it's a way of life. It's, you know, the day in and day out of, of maintaining that, you know, that way of being. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So then you have all this information uh, about, mindfulness and all, all of these practices and what inspired you to put it into a children's book? So that's a good question. So I, I also, um, besides being a teacher, I also work as a behavioral assistant. So what I do there is I kind of work with uh, children uh, in their in, in home and I uh, children with different challenges, whether it be like autism, 
uh, bipolar disorder, um, ADHD, oppositional defiant. I've dealt with uh, gang members, you know, anything you could think of, I've, I've dealt with it. And I've been doing that for about 10 to 12 years. And um, I've always, you know, I connect with these kids. I, wor I work, you know, because me being a male, they usually uh, connect me with male clients, you know, males, male, yeah, male clients that need, uh, need assistance. So um, what I do, I, you know, talk to them, get on their level, find out what's going on, what's bothering them. And one thing I noticed was a lot of, a lot of young, young boys are, are very like negative, very pessimistic. Like they, they're, oh, I hate my life. Life sucks, this and that. And, um, you know, I, I kind of tried to use this analogy all the time. I said, listen, you gotta, you gotta think of yourself as like a magnet. Like if you keep saying like your life sucks, your life sucks. I hate this. I hate that. It, you're going to attract that kind of energy. You're going to keep attracting, you know, negative things happening in your life. But if you start little by little trying to think like, Oh, you know, life's not that bad. Like I had the one, one kid I worked with, great kid. I still, you know, still connect with him and check up on him via text to this day. Uh, when I was working with him, he had just came back from like, I want to say Florida or somewhere in the Caribbean. And he was like swimming with uh, dolphins. And, I was, and then telling me about that, telling me how much he liked it. And then his mother, and I think he was like 11 or 12 at the time. His mother wouldn't let him have a snack before dinner. So, oh, my life sucks. I hate my life. And I tried to tell him, listen, you, you just went swimming with dolphins last week. I never swam with dolphins, man. I, you, you should be thinking about that and how great your life is. Like, just because you can't have some Doritos before dinner, that life is not that bad. So it's kind of just trying to, trying to have them do like a paradigm shift and just try to, you know, think about life more positively. So I, every time I use that magnet analogy, I'm like, I started thinking like, you know what? this would be a good book. And I, I mean, I, I've just always doubt, like I said, being a, being a rapper and I've also d dealt with like creative writing in school. I, um, you know, I figured, let me write this. I started writing some ideas down. Uh, I spoke to a friend of mine who's a therapist at the agency that I work for. And he, he connected me with a art teacher who's an illustrator. So we, you know, from there, I just told her my idea and we, and we made it happen. And, um, I have a friend of mine, uh, he's also an educator. His name is uh, Terrell Naeem Austin. He's a, also a self-published author. He published a book on autism. So um, I kind of went to him as an inspiration. He kind of like dropped the, dropped the jewels on how to get the book out. You know, like what, what do I need to do, the steps I need to take to get it out there to the public. Mm -hmm. So he helped a lot on that. And um, right around the time of, of COVID, you know, when COVID and we, we were quarantined, we really couldn't go out. I said, listen, I got to get this done. And I, I sat down, I, you know, made a little, a little timeline of all the things I needed to do. And, and by that time, you know, by June, I want to say June of last year, or no, I want to say July, July of last year, the book was out. So, so yeah, so, it, you know, it was, a, it was a long journey. It took a couple of years, but I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the end product. And I, you know, I think a lot of people that have been reading the book are, are pleased with it. So that, that very means the world to me. Yeah, it's really yeah. a great concept. And I had mentioned to you before before we started recording that I, I have been reading it with with my daughter, who's uh, she's almost seven. And um, um, it's it's been great. We've we keep referring back to it. And she even actually um, brought it into to her classroom. She wanted to show her teacher. Um, and, you know, she had a really a great response to it. And, and I say I keep referring back to it because uh, she really is uh, struggling a bit right now with with my, some mindset stuff. She's she's having a little bit of anxiety, and 
uh, her transition back to in-person learning has, has been tough. And I've, I've talked about a few things that she's struggles with before on the podcast. And, um, you know, one of those things is, um, you know, that she, she gets, because of the anxiety, um, she, you know, the mornings are really tough and, and everything just seems like she, she always says in the mornings, you know, like, you know, I hate, you know, everything. I hate school. I hate this. I hate that. You know, like everything is terrible in the morning, you know, but she's anxious before going to school. So, so we've been using this book and we've been talking about that. And, and so her and I have a little, a little routine now. And, um, on our, on our drive to schools, you know, we, we make a pact that we're going to, we're going to look for, you know, three, fun things or three happy things, or we, we pick a, a word of the day that we're going to, and that she's going to report back to me, you know, and I'm going to report to her three fun things that I did while she was at school. And so, you know, um, you know, it's really, it's really helped her to, to shift her mindset and start looking for more positive things. And so I'm, I'm curious as, as an educator, have you used these practices in your classroom and have you seen, seen it help to transform your classroom setting. Yes, yes, definitely. I mean, it's, you know, it's uh, it's been a big help within the classroom setting. I mean, this, unfortunately, uh, in my school district, we're still virtual. Um, but, but prior to that, I was big on mindfulness within the classroom. Like we, I, like I said, I teach uh, preschool. I, I don't know how familiar, familiar you are with the uh, preschool classroom setting but you know everything's broken up into like centers like you have like your toys and games center your sand table your your blocks your dramatic play which is like kind of like a kitchen and you know and every class has a thing called like um they call it like a quiet center but Mm -hmm. I kind of wanted to give it a a little spin and this was kind of before like the uh, mindfulness got really popular it's probably you know I want to say I did it like five six years ago like I did a um there's a website called Donors Choose. Are you familiar with that? Or? Yes, yes. Yes, yes. So I, so I did a, a campaign on there to create a mindfulness center with, within my class. So it got funded, which I was, you know, ecstatic about. And, I, you know, got a lot of different things. I got like a nice, nice little peaceful rug and like a, um, a meditation pillow. And I got like a singing bowl and some chimes and all different books on mindfulness with, you know, just made it look very peaceful. I had like emotions, flashcards and, 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 you know, kind of just brought it instead of just being a quiet center where they could sit where they're when they're, when they need to be alone. Or like a lot of times when the kids are like angry with, Oh, go to the quiet center. And so you calm down, it just kind of gave more substance to it where it's like, um, you know, it, it brought like a better energy to it. And, and yeah. I, I remember specifically, I had one, one little, little guy in my class, he was always angry. Unfortunately, you know, he had a, a rough uh, life at home and, um, you know, he was came into the class really angry all the time. And there was just one day where like, and I snapped a picture of it and I, it was, oh man, I felt like crying because he was so angry and he went, you know, cause we always used to encourage him to go to the mindfulness center and to take some deep breaths or to sit down. Cause we, you know, we used to try to teach them some basic meditation. Like I'm mm-hmm. not, I'm, I'm, I'm a novice when it comes to meditating, but I, I do do it. But we kind of teach them just some, some breaths and things like that to help them relax. And um, he went on his own and he was sitting there and he looked so peaceful. It's like, oh, like when you see stuff like that, like I'm doing the right thing. Like, you know, you might have some days where it's, you feel like it's crazy in the class and is it working out? But no, like the days like that, you're like, no, I'm doing the right thing. Because, you know, hopefully 
you know, even though he's got some challenges at home, maybe I set like a foundation in him where as he gets older, he'll remember that and he'll kind of take that, take some of these strategies with him as he gets older. Yes, I love it. A couple of things I want to I want to come back to that you said. So first of all, the the mindfulness center or, you know, what I like to sometimes call a calm corner. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think it's so powerful because uh, we don't need to then always be verbally reminding our our children to go there and and utilize the tools. Right. It's a physical reminder. It's there for them. It's it's accessible. And, Mm -hmm. and then once they know, you know, what they can do in there with those tools, um, after you've practiced it, when they're not upset, you know, then that physical reminder, I think is so powerful just to have it there and ready and waiting for them. So that when they need it, they they can choose to go there just like that, that little boy did eventually, Mm -hmm. they start to recognize in themselves when they need it, which is what you want, because when they get outside of the classroom, that you know, we want them to still be able to access those tools whether it be meditation or breathing or, or whatever that might be. Exactly. Yeah. So that's, that's amazing. Um, you know, that, that, that you were able to, to create that in your classroom. Have you been able to, uh, I mean, teaching virtually is just such a challenge, especially with that age group. I also used to be a, a preschool teacher. Okay. And um, so, yeah, so, so I know uh, teaching virtually is, is a challenge for that age. Um, so, have you been able to utilize any of those tools virtually with them or how, how is that going? Uh, yes, we have. It, it definitely has been a challenge. I mean, when we, you know, when we shut down in March of last year, I, I knew my class already, you know, I was with them from September to March. So I already had like a rapport with them. So going virtual from March to June was not that bad because, you know, they all knew me. They, they right. call me, you know, my last name is Ultravati. It's kind of hard to pronounce for adults. So <laughs> I, I go, I go by Mr. O in, in the school. So, you know, they, everybody knew Mr. O when we shut down in March, but come September, these are all brand new. And I teach three-year-olds. So like they're the small, they're yeah. in school for the first time. So um, I didn't get the crying obviously because they're home, but I just got like the looks like who is, you know, who I, I have an instructional assistant. So they're looking at uh, myself and my assistant, like, who, who are these people? And why are we on the computer looking mm-hmm. at them? So it kind of took like till, I don't know, maybe like a good two, two months to get them in, into the, into the swing of things. And what we do, and, you know, I've gotten commended by like our, our uh, principal when he's observed us, like we do like a, a little a mindfulness activity before we start like our morning meeting. And it's, you know, because they're so young, I try to find like whether whether it's something we do on our own or if it's like a YouTube video, I try to do the same thing from like Monday to Friday because on Monday, they're probably like, well, you know, I don't know what this is, but by fr- they, like, like for instance, there's a video that my uh, instructional assistant found called like a rainbow breath. It's like a video where, mm-hmm. you know, you, you're moving your arms up in, in, the, in the movement of like a rainbow and, and you know, inhaling and exhaling. And, um, but on Monday, they, they're probably like, okay, I, I don't really know what's going on. But by Friday, you'll see, you know, a good amount of them doing it. And it's like, oh, okay. So, so now they're getting it. So, I, you know, I am, we are able to do the, you know, to do mindfulness activities, even though it's virtual, it's, it is a little bit more challenging, but, but we make it work. And one, one big thing we do in my class, and it's, you know, my assistant and I are both big on it as we we like to talk about feelings. We acknowledge, like, we don't just acknowledge the positive feelings, obviously, because I always tell kids, whether it's in my class or whether it's, you know, with the other job, with the behavioral assistant job, 
it's okay to be angry. It's mm-hmm. okay to be sad. These are natural feelings, but it's how you deal with them that is going to, you know, possible, possibly be appropriate or inappropriate. So, you know, that we always, you know, like with, with virtual, sometimes we get kids in the morning, they're tired, they're cranky. And, you know, we acknowledge it. We'll say, oh, so-and-so, you know, we're, you look so tired. I'm Mr. O's tired too. It's okay. You know, hopefully after we, you know, do some exercises, we'll feel a little, a little bit more energetic and, you know, so just by acknowledging it instead of, and instead of saying, oh, don't, don't be, don't be tired. Don't be cranky. Yes. Be happy. Uh, mm-hmm. you're, you're acknowledging it and saying like, it's okay. It's okay to be tired. It's okay to be cranky, but let's work on, you know, trying to, you know, get out of that funk and, and be a little bit more happier. So that's a big thing we do. So yeah, it's, 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 it's been challenging virtually, but, but, but we're, you know, we're made, we're doing our best to make it work. Yeah. It sounds yeah. like it. And, um, teaching, uh, preschool anytime, really, I, I feel like, uh, you know, I, I'm not in the preschool classroom now anymore as the, as a lead teacher, but I, I work with preschoolers and doing yoga and mindfulness. So I go into a lot of schools or virtually, um, do yoga and mindfulness classes and, you know, consistency is like you said, you do the same thing you're doing on Monday, uh, you're doing it still on Fridays till they, till they get it. Cause that consistency is so helpful. And it's funny because the kids want that, you know, so many times, you know, maybe I only come once a week to a, to a school and do a class, but they ask me to do the same songs or the same activities every week. They're asking for the same thing. And I think, oh, I'm going to be creative and change up everything sometimes and, you know, do something new, but they crave that consistency so that they know what to expect, I think. And, um, you know, so it, especially with, breathing techniques and meditation techniques, I think it's important to be consistent with those practices because the more they, they do it, the more it becomes muscle memory. Exactly. And yeah. They, yeah. Then, and there's so, there, I mean, there's so many uh, tools on the internet too, that help virtually. I mean, uh, we, we use, are you familiar? You're, I'm sure you probably are familiar with the website, go noodle. Yes. We, yes. We, yeah. We use, they have a lot of like different breed you know, they like breathing activities that connect with like animals, like bunny breathing, bee breathing, bear yeah. breathing. So, so like it, it kind of like makes it fun for them. But at the same time, you're showing them at the end, I explain it's okay. So if you ever feel angry or, or nervous or sad, if you do that, the, you know, the bunny breath, it might make you feel a little bit better. So, you know, right. it's, it's just, you know, planting that seed. So hopefully, you know, when they're second third fourth graders and they get angry they, they you know i think they might remember I, I, a lot of them will remember it and that's, that's, that's what i'm trying to trying to do yeah plant those seeds that's the perfect way of, of putting it especially for mm. for those youngest kids you know those preschoolers that's like to me that's that's the best time to to start because we can start them young they can carry it all the way through with them their life skills that you're you're teaching them so it's amazing exactly so what, what are your thoughts about now you, you were interested in mindfulness and like you had said, you read a lot of books and you did a, a lot of your own research and, and everything. Now, what, what are your thoughts about as far as teachers being trained to do mindfulness practices uh, with their students? Um, you know, not everybody's going to have the background that you chose to because you had an interest in it. So, you know, do you have other teachers in your school use utilizing mindfulness and, you know, what are, what are your thoughts about, about that? Uh, yeah, I, I definitely think that it, it's important for, you know, all educators to be uh, trained and, and educated in mindfulness. And, and as, 
the school that I work in is pre-K up to third grade. So I know um, as far as preschool is concerned, we have done um, workshops on mindfulness, a lot, a lot of different workshops on mindfulness. So it's been, I, I have seen the other teachers uh, gravitate towards it and use some of the tools. I, I think it's really important. Even, uh, you know, I think all grade levels could benefit from it because I feel, you know, as the kind of like the the head, the head of the classroom, obviously you, whatever energy you bring into that classroom, it's kind of going back to Max and Magnet. If you go in there angry and, and, you know, mad at the world and, and hating your job and, you know, these, I think it's going to radiate off the kids and it's not mm -hmm. going to be a good experience. They're going to radiate that same type of energy back to you. But if you go, if you're learning mindfulness and you're kind of like, you know, whether it's something simple, like having a gratitude journal or, 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 you know, meditating or whatever you can do, you know, taking a walk uh, in, in the park before you go to work, anything to make you feel better before you get in there and, and put you in a positive state, that's going to definitely uh, affect your kids. So I, I, I think learning about it and, you know, becoming more skilled with, with mindfulness techniques is, is optimal for all educators. And then after that, then they can, you know, teach these tools to their students. So I, I, I think it's, it's really necessary, especially, you know, in, in the world we live in with everything going on, whether it's political or, you know, with uh, things happening with the cops and, and, you know, like, it's just, there's a lot of like negativity out there. And mm -hmm. I, you know, I feel it's like, you know, was, I, I, I read some of these, like I said, I read a lot of Taoist books and I'm thinking like, man, we, we, a lot of, you know, some of our politicians, some of these people need to read these books, man, and, mm -hmm. and start living, living life like this, because life will be a lot more better if everyone kind of just took a, a different approach, you know? Yes. I'm, I'm so glad you answered that way because that's exactly uh, what I talk about a lot is that the first step is really embodying the practices ourselves because um, for both educators, I talk about this a lot and for, for parents, because I think, you know, you're right. How you show up is going to affect everything that happens. Every, every, how you show up to any interaction, whether it be with your students or with colleagues or, or family members, However, we show up to an interaction and the stuff that we bring with us is going to affect that interaction. And so in the in the classroom, it's it's really important because it, it's it can be a stressful job. And there's a lot of demands put on teachers today to you know get all of this stuff done. And there's so much extra paperwork. And um, I think that, you know, all of that stress, if we don't have a way to deal with that, then we come to our students already stressed and then when they have behaviors or when they have emotions that just are like you said before all emotions are are okay they're they're humans they're kids they're going to have emotions we can't expect them to just sit and you know take in the information and do exactly and, and not have any feelings about it but if we come with all the stress and the negativity we're not going to be able to approach that situation and see, you know, see those behaviors for what they are as part of their emotions and, and that we need to accept that and let, you know, work through it and, and process it and, and, and deal with the situation. Exactly. I, I had one year, I, I want to say it was like right around the time when I was like, you know, starting to learn a lot about mindfulness. And I, I had not really, I tried dabbled trying to meditate a few times here and there, but 
I had this one class that, you know, they were giving me a run for my money. I was really earning, earning my paycheck with them. <laughs> they were, you know, they were great kids, but they were high energy. I think I want to say it was mostly boys. So that, you know, and I, I, I don't want to, you know, stereotype of, you know, in preschool, a lot of the boys are like, they're climbing all over. The, I think the Power Rangers movie just came out this time <laughs> too. So, so everybody was trying to kick each other. And I was really stressed out. Like I was going into the class and I was like, I almost felt like, something was going to happen to me. Like I felt like uh, pain mm. in my arm. So like I was, I was not happy. So I just, I think at that point, that was around the time when my daughter's mother and I started watching the secret. And I said, I, I you know, I want to try meditation. So I, I downloaded uh calm the app on, on my iPhone. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I like that, you know, I like the apps because it, it keeps your progress. It kind of keeps you motivated. So I think at that point at that, that year, I did it for like maybe like 78 days in a row. And it, man, after those like 70 days, I was like a different person. Like it felt just your mind is clearer. You just feel so much more at ease. Like even I would tell people and they think I was crazy. It was like, even like you look at like, look at things, colors seem more vibrant and bright. It's like, you just feel like a different person when you really start that, Um, you know, you, you have that, that, uh, that routine going, it helps so much. So that, that was like, what kind of, really and then and and it changed me in the classroom too like I was more calm I was more like I wasn't not getting stressed out at these kids because these kids are going to be kids you know they're, you're going to have high energy kids that are going to test you or that are going to want to you know that do things that might if you don't if you don't react to it the right way it's going to stress you out but if you react to it the the, the appropriate way it's, it's a great opportunity. It's like a great learning activity for you and the kids, you know? So, yes. Yeah. And I, oftentimes I think we think that uh, some of these practices and the way uh, to handle the situation is going to take so much extra time, right. To, to do all these, these things and have time for the kids to go to the calm corner or the mindfulness corner and all that. But really in the end, when we're able to do that and we're able to stay calm through the situation, it, it de-escalates so much quicker than trying to fight it, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So exactly. Yeah. Now you are, you mentioned that you have a daughter. So how, how old is your daughter now? She's seven. She's seven right now. Okay. So do you practice mindfulness with her? And if so, what does, what does that look like? Um, I, I do, you know, but I feel, I feel like I should do more, but at the same time, I feel like because I kind of carry myself in a calm manner and her mother carries herself in a calm manner. She has an older sister. Her older sister is really into yoga. So she does yoga with her sister. So I, you know, I would like her to do like maybe like meditation more, but, but um, what, what I do do is I know we talk about being grateful. Like I know there's times where we sit down and she writes what she's grateful for. And, you know, so she's really big on, she knows like she's very grateful for things. Like she's not, um, mm-hmm. You know, there's some kids that they, they, they just want more, want more, want more. And she's very, very, she knows, you know, she, she is, uh, has an attitude of gratitude. So it's, which is great, you know, and she's very, very positive. And at the same time, when she does have her moments, when she does, uh, might not be in the best mood, you know, myself or her mother, we, we handle it in such a calm way that I think it, it reflects on her. So she's not, she might not be in that funk for more than, a minute or two so I do feel like we use mindfulness with her and you know she she does know some of the tools 
but I feel like, you know, maybe as she gets older, I, I want to expand with the, med you know, doing meditation with her. And, and, um, you know, I, I would like to have, now that she's learning to write more independently on her own, I want to get her like a gratitude journal for herself. Cause sometimes we just, we'll just pick up like a sheet of paper. Like I'm, I know, mm -hmm. like, I know like certain times, like on Thanksgiving or New Year's Eve or certain holidays, like she, she sat down and wrote down things she's grateful for. And there's, there's, there's times we're driving and I so, you know, can, I know she used to go to my school, but um, now she's in a different school. But when, so she used to go to school with me and we used to, I used to try to say, oh, what are, you know, what are three things you're great? We kind of like would, you know, do an impromptu live gratitude journal without writing mm -hmm. it down. We talk about what we're grateful for. So, you know, she, she learned a lot through that. So, you know, I definitely want to expand on it more with her, but I think that she sees the way that I am and the way that her mother is. And, and it's kind of like, you know, in her, in her automatically you know absolutely that's that's way more powerful modeling for our kids i think is way more powerful than us telling them like you should sit down here and meditate with me like them seeing us do it or just seeing us you know feeling frustrated and taking a few deep breaths and calmly you know like you said even in the situations that are challenging you 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 try to remain calm that's that's like that's the secret sauce, right? Like yeah, that's exactly. let it, letting them see it, see us do it. Right. Because kids are going to do what we do. They're not going to do what we say. Exactly. And so, um, you know, so that's great. And, and sh I bet she just starts more and more building the practice on her own as she's watching you and her mom and her sister, you know, do those practices. So, so that's beautiful. It's, it's so funny too, because she's, you know, she's still uh, virtual as well at her school. So, she does, you know, she'll do school a lot at my house. And um, there's times where like maybe her teacher will like use, lose connection or, or um, might be running a little bit late for the Google meet and um, all the, all the kids are there. And like the other kids are all unmuting themselves and going, they're like, I don't know. they're, you know, forcing <laughs> around and she'll just be like on mute, like daddy, you're going crazy. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like oh, you, just, you just stay calm. Cause you know, and, and it's funny, like we, me and her mother were to uh, talking about it the, uh, the other day about how she's kind of like, she just has this different aura than the other first graders. Cause like I said, the, I would always hear like the teacher, not you know, in a teach, she has a great teacher, but the teacher will have to tell the other kids like to stop unmuting themselves when they're not supposed to unmute themselves. And, right. and she never does that. She's just like, she's like a Buddhist monk. She's just sitting there and like, <laughs> and she, you know, when it's her time to talk, she definitely talks. But um, you know, when it comes to, you know, following the rules she's like on, on point and like we're very very proud of her very proud of the little you know the young woman she is right now <laughs> oh I love it it yeah. should be well what are what are some tips you would would offer for um parents or teachers who who want to start practicing mindfulness what what would you say is is a good tip if somebody wants to get started um some some of the tips I would definitely say is um, if you are a reader, try to read, whether it's, you know, getting books, you know, from even if you just go to the library, take out some books on mindfulness. If um, there's magazines, like I know there's like one called Mantra. There's so many magazines that you can read that have like, uh, you know, informative articles or activities uh, that deal with mindfulness. If you're not a reader, I mean, definitely podcasts like this podcast, and then there's a bunch of other podcasts and um, you know, you could always get books on uh, audio books like Audible or the other apps. Um, two things also I'm, I'm big on, uh, I'm big on my morning routine. Like I, I think, I know everyone's not a morning person, but I feel it's very important to like 
set the day off in the right tone. Like I, uh, I had one of the books I read when I was, you know, researching and learning about mindfulness is called, um, uh, oh, now I can't remember. His name is Hal Elrod. And I, uh, the name of the book is, uh, is slip in my mind. The morning, uh, oh, uh, The Miracle Morning. The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. So on that book, he had kind of breaks down a more his morning routine. And, you know, I, I took that and I kind of like melded it into my own. Like he has a thing called SAVERS. It's an acronym. So the S is for silence, which is for like, you know, meditation. Then the A is for like affirmations, which, you know, you could either write your own or you can find them on Pinterest or Instagram these days. Um, then the the V is for visual, visual, visu- I always have a problem with this word visualization, <laughs> which is, you know, I, I, uh, you know, I know it's popular to do the vision board. I actually did one on my phone. So it's a little bit easier. I could like do either, even if I'm like, you know, in my car or somewhere I could, I could take a look at the, uh, at my vision board. Um, then the E is for exercise. So it's always, you know, it's big to stay active. I think that's really good for helping with the, uh, helping, helping you know put you in the right mind state for the day and then r for reading and s is for scribing which is like journaling so you know i try to try to take even if i could do like three or four of those every morning i feel like it puts me in the right mood and puts me sets the tone for the day where if i wake up and i'm angry and i'm looking on my phone i'm look reading like you know negative stuff on social media it kind of like and and i have days like that i'm not gonna lie i'm not perfect i have days where i wake up i have a stiff neck and I'm tired and I, you know, instead of meditating, I I'm on Facebook or Instagram and I'm looking at, you know, some, just some stuff, some, something that's going to fill me with negative energy. And it, it, on those days I, I can feel it. I feel like, you know, I'm the man, I should, I should have, I should have meditated this morning. I should have did this this morning. So morning routines are, are, are very important and just, just self-care. Cause if you can't, mm-hmm. if you can't take care of yourself, you're not going to be able to take care of other people, whether it's your kids, whether it's your, if you're a teacher or, or whatever, uh, your students. So you got to take care of yourself. I tell, you know, I tell these, uh, a lot of, you know, with my behavioral assistant job, I tell a lot of the parents cause they're, they're stressed out. They have their hands full, you know, the, the kids as great as they are, they exhibit a lot of challenging behaviors. I tell them you, you have to take care of yourself. You know, whether it's even just going out for a walk with, you know, having someone else watch your kid or, you know, whether it's a family member or a trusted friend while you go for a walk or you go to a movie, or you go to get a cup of coffee, whatever. Well, you have to take care of yourself, take care of your, your mind, your body and your soul, or you can't be the best version of yourself to help, you know, whether it's your child, but even if it's just yeah. helping the world. Yeah. So, so, you know, self-care is huge. So those are three three big tips that I, w- I would recommend. Those are great tips. I'm, I'm, I'm an avid reader as well. And I love getting into a topic and finding, finding as many books as I can with it. Um, so that's a great tip. And, and that's a great tip uh, to take also to do with your kids, find books just like yours. Um, you know, Max the Magnet. I don't think we even mm. mentioned the name of it yet, but <laughs> yeah. um, that is a, a great book to start, you know, talking to your kids about things like this. There's so many um, mindfulness books out there and uh, books about gratitude and, and all of these things. And so, um, you know, even taking that next step with your kids and getting getting books just like the one you've written um, to, to start that conversation with your kids is is great. Um, but I'm, I'm also uh, big on on uh, 
providing self-care um, for for uh, parents, especially, like you said, for those kids who have uh, those uh, challenging behaviors and special needs. Uh, it's really stressful for those parents. And mm-hmm. so I, I offer, um, you know, oftentimes uh, just a breathwork class or a meditation class or a short 20 minute yoga class because they really need, need that extra support. And um, so that's, it's really great that you, you remind them of that to take care of themselves. I think that's really important. And morning okay. routines are great. Can I ask you a question? So you said you're a big reader. So I wanted to ask you what, what, what are, if you could recommend like, you know, one or two books that, that I, I should read or, or that changed your life or that you feel like are really important. Yeah. What would you recommend? I, have you read um, uh, Dan Siegel's um, The Whole Brain Child? No, no, I haven't. Oh, you should it. definitely, like definitely read that. Um, he's amazing. I mean, he has, tons of resources, you know, he has YouTube videos and stuff, um, but his books are great. Um, you know, the whole brainchild is great. And then um, you work with younger kids, but he also has one that focuses on the teenage brain, which is fascinating as well. It's called brainstorm. Um, but okay. he, his, all his books are fabulous. Um, but I would definitely start with the whole brainchild. It's, okay, it's okay. amazing. Definitely. Definitely. Thank you. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for asking. Mm. So tell us, where can we find your book? Where can we connect with you? All the things. Okay, okay, definitely. My, my book, it, it is a, it's called Max the Magnet's Magnificent Journey, a, trip, uh, a shift from negative to positive. And uh, it's available on Amazon. Uh, and also, if you wanted to get it directly from me, you can, and I, I could sign it for you and I could ship it to you. Uh, you can reach out to me on Instagram. And my, my, the Instagram handle is Max, M-A-X, underscore v underscore magnet on on facebook uh it's at mind right publishing and it's just m-i-n-d and then write like writer like w-r-i-t-e publishing and uh, we do have our the website it's just www.mindrightpublishing.com so uh yeah you could either like i said you can get it off amazon or if you wanted to reach out to me directly like i said i, I usually sign the book i have stickers i'm starting to try to get like some other little flair, like some magnets for the refrigerator magnets of Max and, you know, trying to, trying to uh, expand it. So, um, you know, I usually throw those in, in the, in the envelope with the book too. So you know, if they it. wanted to reach out directly, I definitely would send that to them as well. Great. Well, I definitely recommend everybody who's listening to uh, get this book for your kids. It's really, really adorable. And the, the concepts are great. And um, the resources in the back, every, everything is, is great. And we're really enjoying the book in, in my family. And so I will, I'll link in the show notes, all of those places where everybody can connect with you, your Instagram and your Facebook and your website, so that it's easy for people to, to click over and find you. Thank you so, so much for, for joining me today. It was, it was so great having you. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. Like I said, it was it was a great time talking to you. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm humbled to be a guest. And I, I, again, thank you. <laughs> yeah. And we'll stay in touch. And we're so close to each other. We're, we're we'll, we'll hopefully maybe get to meet in person one day. <laughs> that, would, that, that would be awesome. That would be great. <laughs> Have a great weekend. You too. Thank you so much. Such a great conversation with Daniel. Here are some takeaways. One, mindfulness is a way of being. Two, think of yourself as a magnet. What do you want to attract? Three, 
You may not see the tools used every day, but keep going and exposing the kids. They'll show up when you least expect it. Four, acknowledge and accept all feelings. Five, consistency is key in working with young children. Six, plant the seeds early and they will take the tools with them into their future. Seven, teachers can utilize mindfulness to help prepare themselves for the classroom. Eight, a consistent practice can allow you to see the world in a whole new way. Nine, modeling mindfulness is a great way to teach the tools to children. And 10, read books and magazines to expose yourself to mindfulness practices. I hope you all enjoyed that conversation with Daniel. And again, his book is called Max the Magnet. It's a fabulous book to utilize with your children to teach them about the power of affirmations and positive thinking and the energy that we bring to the world. So head over to uh, get that book and start sharing with your children. I will be back next Monday with Mindful Monday, and it'll be the first Monday of the month, so we will have a meditation episode. In the meantime, remember, take a deep breath. Thank you for joining me on my mission to spread peace and joy by introducing children and families to the power of yoga and mindfulness. I could not achieve this goal without all of you listening and trying these tips with the kids in your life. If you enjoyed this episode and found it helpful, please subscribe and leave me a review. If you would also suggest this podcast to parents and teachers, I would be so grateful. If you would like to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram at Mindful Moments for Families and on Facebook at Kidding Around Yoga with Kelly. For more information on my offered programs, such as yoga classes for children and adults, workshops and professional development, and corporate chair yoga, visit my website at kiddingaroundyoga.com backslash Kelly. I'll see you all here on our next episode. But in the meantime, remember, take a deep breath.